Hey whores, I've got something to share. I love magic wands and I love anal toys. So I've partnered with LaWand and B-Vibe to get you the best discounts on their entire site. From now until June 30, get 20% off the entire store by using code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout. Get yourself a rumbly magic wand or even a rimming plug and get you coming, baby. That's Lawand and B-Vibe, and use code SEXHEADWITHTIM for 20% off both stores. Check the description for more details, and I'll see you at your next orgasm. Mwah! The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I'm a certified sex educator. I identify as chaotically gay. And Doc, I got a question for you. How do you fit four gay men on one bar stool? I don't know. How do you fit four gay men on a bar stool? You turn the stool upside down. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Because <laughs> here's part two of that question: How do you get them off? Reach around. I don't know. You make it vibrate. You make it vibrate. Very good. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've got some competition with a few gay men because I have had way too much up in there uh, for my own comfort. Uh, it's a good thing you're here, um, everybody. <laughs> we've got. The world famous gay butt doc from TikTok with a nice pair of socks from not Little Rock and probably has a nice cock. I don't know. Um, <laughs> eat your heart out, Eminem. Um, hey, Dr. Carlson from TikTok is here. How are you? Hey, awesome, Tim. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. We are going to be airing this episode during Pride Month of all months because, hello, you and I, gay guys, having, you know, gay sex, you being the gay butt sex doctor that you are. Uh, I figured it's probably fitting. Absolutely. And, 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 and if it doesn't fit, I'll teach you how to make it fit. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things remaining that I want to fit up my butt. So it's a oh, sure. good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing that you're here. Um, because I just want my gays to have a good butt sex life, right? Absolutely. And there's so many things that you can do to make it better. And that's why I'm here. And that's why yeah. I exist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh first question: anal sex, yay or nay? Definite yay. <laughs> Definite yay. Um, you know, we're all born with an anus. So we're all born with a rectum. Um, well, most of us, I guess 99.9999% of us are. Um, and, and straight, gay, male, female, uh, 
non-binary, trans, whatever, it's we all have uh, an anal rectum unless it's been surgically removed or you, you know, had a birth defect of some sort. Intense, intense, intense uh, nerve fibers down there that relay some amazing sensation. For those of us born with a prostate, that's where our G-spot is. So, um, so nature and in, nature intended us, uh, to, you know, to have some fun back there because, you know, why would it feel so good? So my, you know, my goal is to teach people how to, um, prepare for it, do it well, relax for it and enjoy it because it's amazing. I can testify. I have had many a penis inside there. <laughs> As I have put my penis in many inside a butthole. Um, but we did not get here the easy, clean way, did we? No, Dr. no definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, what are we getting wrong about butt sex, first of all? Like, what are we learning that we shouldn't be learning from? Well, you know, I think one of the big things is we don't learn. Nobody teaches butt stuff. No, you know, we, no one ever... No one ever taught us in school how to have anal sex. Um, it wasn't a topic. Um, I went through my primary schools, my high schools, college, med school, residency, and fellowship, and no one else mentioned anal sex at all. And uh, any any tips, any dangers, any risks, any benefits, nothing. Um, so a lot of what I have done in my platform is to try to take my years, my decades, sorry, <laughs> of, of experience, experience. Hello, <laughs> of experience, but at the same time, my medical knowledge. I'm a Mayo Clinic trained doctor, so um, and 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 I did my GI fellowship at Mayo Clinic. It's the world's best Ooh. center for GI medicine. Um, not to flex, baby to flex. We love the um, Mayo Clinic. <laughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. flex so, away, doc. So, so anyway, so I thought you know. Who better to learn about anal sex from a guy who's had plenty of it and who's a medical expert in the anorectum? So that's why I'm here. I fucking love that because, you know what? I have been not to flex with a little over four digits, you know, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it seems like there's just still so many guys out there that still don't know anything about anal sex. So give us a rundown real quick, your elevator pitch of how anal sex should be going down. So like, you know, uh, cleaning, dieting, and then we'll get into the fine details in a little bit. Sure. As far as preparation goes, um, a lot of no one freaks out more about any topic on gay social media than douching, douching, <laughs> douching, douching. It's like, you know, oh, it has to be uh, chemically balanced. It has to be the electrolytes have to be balanced and whatever you put up in there. Oh, you shouldn't do. She'll destroy the lining of your colon or you'll destroy your flora. Honey, I've been doing this for 30 years and I have Ooh. never seen a patient come in with, uh, oops, he does too much. Uh, <laughs> he does too much. You know, so um, so my take on it is not everybody needs to douche, but a lot of us do. And then let's let's face it. If you're taking a big task up in there, you know, um, I'm sorry, if you put a nine inch dick up your ass, it's going to be hard to really enjoy it if there's a lot of poop in the chamber back there. So <laughs> I, I and it's really not a pleasant experience for you or the top. 
um, if you're if you're the bottom in that situation. So I recommend um, a good preparation and that begins with diet. Um, a high fiber diet is good if you're not into dietary fiber because it does create gas and bloating for a lot of people. Fiber supplements like psyllium husk do a great job of cleaning up the residue in the lining of your colon. You kind of have to play with the amount that you need and the type that you need, but regular old psyllium husk that's found in things like Metamucil, or you can just buy plain psyllium husk. It's cheap. You don't have to buy these fancy supplements that are online and, and targeted towards our community. Pure old psyllium husk is a great way to clean up your colon. Now, when it comes to, to douching, uh, it, one of the biggest things, I did a video just this past week, and it's already over a million views on TikTok. When you clean out. And if you're, if you're in a pinch, if you use an enema bottle, if you use a store-bought enema, don't use the contents that are inside the enema bottle because they often contain phosphates. Even the ones that are labeled saline enemas contain phosphates and it can irritate the lining of your rectum and lead to increased risk for cramping and STIs because of uh, the, the nature of those chemicals. So I tell people to dump out the enema bottle solution, uh, rinse it out, refill it with lukewarm water. You want it around body temperature you don't want it too hot because it can burn the inside and you don't want it too cold because it can make you cramp and it just doesn't feel comfortable. You insert the solution, try to hold on to it for about a, you know 30 seconds to a minute, release and re repeat until clear. You don't want to overdo it because there is a, a pretty big curve right after the first eight inches of your colon called the rectosigmoid junction also known as the second hole for a lot of people. <laughs> um, for those, for those who are testing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, water can kind of go up over that curve and kind of hang out there. And in the middle of play, it can kind of just rush right out of you. So I recommend use just what you need. There's a million ways you can deliver it from uh, enema bottles to douche kit, douche bottles that you can buy like online, like the Colt douche. Um, you can do shower attachments or even toilet attachments that, that work really well. Um, and in a pinch in the gay club, some, some guys just use a water bottle. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to administer it, but the point is to administer the um, appropriate amount of fluid to help clean you out, but not overdo it. Um, once you're nice and clear and the water runs clear, uh, then you should be ready to go. Our bodies have a normal gastrocolic reflex where when you eat, your rectum empties to make room for the food coming in. There's a chemical signal sent from your stomach to your colon to empty. So I usually recommend for people not to eat within an hour or two of a planned bottoming session um, because you never know what's going to happen. Um, kind of like swimming. Your, yeah, with your motility. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like swimming. Uh, uh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> going to the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get butt fucked within 30 minutes of eating. <laughs> I wish that was the advice that my mom gave me. Honestly, <laughs> not swimming. <laughs> So anyway, so so really, um, uh, you set yourself up for a good situation when you, you know, what, I don't want people to get an eating disorder from by starving themselves all day for the purposes of bottoming. But, you know, within reason, about an hour before you bottom, you don't want to eat, clean out and you're ready to go. Now, lubrication is the next step, which is incredibly key. I really like either hybrid or silicone based lubes uh, because uh they are a lot slipperier. They don't require a lot of reapplication like water-based lube. Water-based lube and silicone-based lubes are both uh, latex safe if you're using condoms. Don't worry about that. So when it comes to 
the relaxation part of things, that's really, really key. And I have a, I have an exercise that I've put on my TikTok and on my Instagram that really has revolutionized the sex lives of a lot of people around the world. And then a lot of people are like, wow, that has, you know, wow, it's changed my whole world. I call it the butt clock. So if you think of the anus, it's just a circular muscle. It's a circle like a clock. Okay. It's really, really tight. Um, now that circular muscle is made of skeletal muscle on the outside. That's the external uh, sphincter. On the internal side of things, there's a smooth muscle um, uh, sphincter called the internal uh, sphincter. So those two sphincters together control uh, what goes in and what goes out. Okay. So you can control the external sphincter because skeletal muscle is something you can physiologically control with your brain. So you can clench it and release it and clench it and release it. And that's what a Kegel exercise is. You know, mm. you can clench and strengthen the, that muscle. You can make that, you can make that whole strong girl. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So I, re I recommend sticking a finger in gently into that circle about two inches in and going over to nine o'clock, holding your finger straight out and going over to nine o'clock and, you know, gently pressing up against nine o'clock all the way over and press with firm pressure, but not to the point where you're hurting your partner, um, press over and that starts relaxing that hole. It's like a key that unlocks your butt. The treasure. You, totally. Yeah. So you, you press over at nine o'clock for about 30 seconds. Then you go over to three o'clock, press for another 30 seconds, go up to 12 o'clock and down to six o'clock, you know, holding for about 30 seconds. And that tiny little hole suddenly starts becoming a little bit more open so that things can go in. Um, the last thing that you want to do when you're topping someone or sticking anything up your ass or anyone else's ass is just ram something in there. Because at rest, that muscle is so tight that you can actually rip it. Um, and, and that's called an anal fissure and an anal fissure will put you out of commission immediately. And for sometimes months and some, oh. some guys have to have surgery to fix them. So it, you know, it, it, it's a really big deal. So this part is the most important part of everything is relaxing your hole. So lots of good silicone or hybrid based lube in, in my humble opinion, um, the butt clock exercise. And then I recommend bottoms to start off on top because number one, you know, if you're taking a big dick anyway, um, if you can find off, a big dick, first of all, mm -hmm. right, 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 right. <laughs> but start off, start on, start on top. That way you can control how fast something goes in there and how deep, it, deeply and quickly it goes in you. So you start off until you're comfortable and Hey, if, if you're comfortable and you're ready to go, you can either stay on top, which is hot. Or you can have the top God. take over and, and start changing positions and and just let them take control. Whatever your dom sub or intermediate uh, form <laughs> of sex play is. So, uh, so yeah. So so that's really really key. Now the other thing that a lot of people are concerned about is, hey, well, where's my G spot? So your G spot is the is the prostate gland. The prostate gland is a walnut sized and shaped organ about. Uh, about four to five centimeters inside uh, the anal canal. So if you uh, if if your partner's bent away from you and bent over, if they're looking away from you and bent over, and you're behind them about to enter doggy style, if you just stick your finger in about four to five centimeters and press straight down at at six o'clock, if you again thinking of that as a clock, 
that's where the prostate gland is and that's where the g-spot is it's only about a couple of inches in there so you don't need a whole lot of penis action to be able to really stimulate that g-spot so you don't have to have a, a 10 inch stick to hit somebody's um, g-spot so um you you that's how firmly you press up against that is you know it's 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 up to the person that's that's receiving the action some people say hey go a little you know go a little a little more gently there um, but I'm telling you, the first time anyone ever hit that G-spot with their finger while they were simultaneously giving me head was the first time I think I saw stars when it came to sex. <laughs> Wait, actually? So, yeah, no, seriously. The, that, that, that dual stimulation of your, of your prostate gland while, um, while receiving oral pleasure, because really the, the G-spot being stimulated alone is frequently not enough for maximum sensation. Um, stimulating the head of the penis while um, getting that G spot stimulated is what really gets people off. They played you like um, a trombone, then, huh? Oh my God! Yeah, seriously. And, and so, so if you're if if you're between your partner's legs and your partner's lying back, and you're looking at them and and you're uh, giving them head um, and looking at them, you gently slide your finger in, and it's at that point it'll be up at twelve o'clock. So you kind of do a come hither action. So do that gently with no fingernails um, while you're oh, giving yeah. them head. Holy moly. That's amazing. And that's one of the things that a lot of straight guys and a lot of total tops are missing out on. That's a, an amazing sensation that will take you to the moon. Um, and these guys that just won't let anything up their butts. Because they'll out. be too femme or too gay. <laughs> Oh, it's, oh yeah. Oh, you know, it's going to make you a girl. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mask and mask so, only. Right. And so that's one of the things I really get across to people. Hey, listen, anal sex is not about femininity. It's not about masculinity. It's not about um, uh, whether you're male or female or non-binary. Um, it doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have a sexual orientation. Yeah, you know, we all have those fibers and it's uh, a great source of pleasure. So don't get hung up on <laughs> roles and just get into the pleasure. Because everybody shits. Everybody <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so that's that's the story about the G spot. Now, another thing that people really get in trouble with is, oh my god, he sticks he sticks it in, and it feels like he's hitting a wall. Oh my god, what do I do? Um, so, if things aren't going great, switch up positions because the curve of the of the rectum and the rectosigmoid canal is different for everybody. So your curves might not match your partner's curves. If your partner's penis is curved a certain way or, or it just doesn't match your curves, you know, switch things up till you find that right position. Because a lot of times if you feel like he's hitting a wall, he probably is. The, the back part of the bladder is up against the front wall of the rectum. So uh, a lot of times that's what people are hitting and, not, and feeling like it's just not going to go further. It just doesn't feel comfortable. They're hitting that sphincter wall, like that sensation well, they're, is like they're, too they're, much. They're, well, they're hit, they're hitting the wall of the uh, of the um, the rectum up against where the bladder is. So by just changing positions a little bit, you can change your curves to get a more open canal, so that you're not like jamming up against somebody's uh, internal <laughs> organs. I mean, 
I speak for myself when I say I want my internal organs rearranged every now and then. But yes, I totally understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least, at least to begin with, at least to begin. With. <laughs> yes, because this is anal sex one hundred and one. We will get to right. two hundred and one sometime in the season. But anyway, oh, absolutely. Uh, so just to recap, so you got douching, dieting, lubrication, and just taking it fucking slow like be yeah real easy about it you don't want to hurt yourself or anybody else exactly okay so i do have some finely tuned questions regarding some of the things that we just talked about um douching let's go with Mm -hmm. that first um so i have douched and there have been times where the water just does not come out clear for whatever reason what the fuck? Why? Does God hate me? <laughs> no, it's just one of those things that it's a natural human thing. That's where shit comes out. And sometimes no matter what you do, uh, depending on what you ate the, the day before or, or how things are going, sometimes it just it, it, it's a no go. And that's OK. If it's a no go, it's a no go. Uh, and you just kind of move on and do. I and mean, there's a lot of other things you can do other than get fucked to enjoy sex with someone so um it's just one of those things where who whoever you're with has to also kind of understand hey you know it's just not happening tonight right but what's what's causing that like constant you know uh shit flow i guess for lack of better words even though i did all my preparation i did everything right and then it just will come out fucking clear well, like I said, there's a lot, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of curves to the colon and the rectum and uh, things, uh, things also move naturally at, at a certain pace. Um, so depending on the time that you ate, um, depending on your own body's motility, depending on uh, a, a number of things that are going on, um, how much you are up and about during the day, a lot, a lot of things can cause uh, that phenomenon to just not happen. Um, j- just do your best. You know, that's all I can say. Douche your best, really. Douche um, your best. <laughs> uh, and for me, when I douche, it does like come out clear now. I have watched over my diet. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, I have been very, like, you know, uh, very bottomy these last couple of months. And I guess my question with regards to douching is. Like, are there still, you know, some risks when it comes to douching too much? Well, I mean, I, like I told you before, I haven't really seen a problem as a GI doctor with someone who came in and douched too much. Now, technically, if you put in gallons and gallons and gallons of water in there, yeah, there could be a problem. Um, uh, a lot of people are, are freaked out about electrolytes and the, the flora and everything yeah. like that. But as long as you aren't changing your daily bowel pattern by what you're doing with douching, then for the most part, I don't, I don't worry about that. Um, for the electrolyte issue to be an issue, you seriously have to use a ton of water up in there to, to, uh, to create any sort of electrolyte imbalance. And most of us, uh, unless we have some sort of weird kidney um, electrolyte issue, it, it's not going to, it's not going to become an issue. Um, as far as flora goes, with every shit you take, you replace your flora. So I don't really freak out about uh, losing too much flora. So um, there's plenty, there's 
trillions and billions and you know, gajillions, if that's a word, uh, <laughs> it's not a word, uh, a, a flora up in there that's just going to continually get replaced um, with natural flora fertility. Flora being like bacteria the, that naturally the, the, the normal, there? Yeah, the, yeah, the bacteria that, that normally uh, live there and keep things healthy. Um, and if you're that worried about you know, your flora, you can always take a probiotic uh, regimen just along with your fiber daily to, to just keep things balanced out. Okay, good to know. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I'm worried that if I douche too much, I could be like destroying the lining of my rectal wall. Again, that's a lot of uh, that. That's the number one uh, complaint that or, or, or worry that I get from people. And like I say, I've done. 25,000 colonoscopies and lucky you I have I have never <laughs> seen someone's rectum or a colon wall that looks damaged from douching I'm like oh shit you know you better stop douching now no that doesn't happen <laughs> so so the, the human body is a pretty damn resilient tough, yeah. resilient thing that keeps us around for sometimes 100 years so oh my god can you imagine how many dicks I could take up in 100 years that'd be <laughs> A world record. <laughs> I truly want a dick inside me on my deathbed. <laughs> Let that be my dying wish. I want that in my will. Let this episode be <laughs> part of my will. I, Tim, of sound mind, body, and asshole. <laughs> I want that. I want it. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so that's like douching. So you can't. There's no danger in douching too much, and uh, well, well, there's there's always a danger in in anything that you do, but within right. reason, you don't have to worry about douching too much, right? Yeah. So, like, don't use fucking I don't know lighter fluid when you're douching if you're that desperate, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Try, like I said, uh, try to use lukewarm water. Some people use saline, and that, and if it's pure saline without phosphates in it, that's fine. It's not going to irritate your colon. Um, uh, and, um, some people like to use these, uh, electrolyte solutions that you can, that you can buy over the counter. I don't think those are necessary. Yeah. I, I, I think that, I think you have nothing to worry about. Uh, trust me, okay. gays have been doing this for decades and, you know, no issue. <laughs> or do you mean decades? No, I'm kidding. De decades. A, yeah, there you go. Uh, God, it sounds, puns. it sounds Australian. <laughs> decades. <laughs> go to big dick. Try to seal it up with the coke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any Australians listening to that really horrible accent. I totally butchered it. I love you all, especially you, Chris Hemsworth, if you ever listen to this. Um, <laughs> I want a bottom for you so bad, Chris. <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. Hello, all my little sluts. It's me, Mama Slut. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just wanted to hop on here real quick to let you in on a sexy little deal. Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalekuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me, 25% off. And, cherry on top, free shipping, oh my god. <laughs> I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me, and... Girl, mm, 
I'm wearing it right now, I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there. And I'm on the train, I'm just like, uh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code SEXEDWITHTIM for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey. <laughs> hey, you disgusting pervs. We all like sex toys, right? Nipple clamps, vibrators, masturbators, oh my. Good For Her has one of the best selection of sex toys, learning resources, online workshops, and gender expression materials you can't find anywhere else. Go to goodforher.com and use code SEXHEADWITHTIM10 for 10% off your purchase of any of the toys bought online. That's G-O-O-D-F-O-R-H-E-R.com and the code S-E-X-E-D-W-I-T-H-T-I-M-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your purchase of any of the toys bought online. And they ship worldwide. Trans-inclusive, feminist, and pleasure-focused, Good For Her has been doing the Lord's work since 1997, bringing you everything you need to get that... Uh... Uh... The show is about to begin. Yes. Um. Okay. So, what about like the shower head versus your portable one? Is there is one better um, than yeah. the other? Well, with the shower head, you have to be the shower attachment ones. You have to be really careful about when you turn the water on. Um, don't just stick it in your ass and turn the water on because you want to have the right temperature. You don't want to burn yourself or, or freeze yourself out down there. Um, you also don't want to use too much force with the water. Cause sometimes I've used those before. And if you turn it on too strong, it can feel like a fire hydrant is going off in your ass. You don't want Ooh. that. So, so just kind of take it easy, take it slow and, and kind of let things gently fill up rather than, 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 um, trying to fill like a, a, a bathtub quickly. You know, you want, you want to <laughs> take your time. My asshole is a bathtub. Just fill it up with water, and then hopefully, I'm just gonna squirt like a porn star. <laughs> I wish. Okay, so I think that that about covers douching. I want to talk about dieting now. Um, you said mm-hmm. an hour. That is that because like it? That's how long it normally takes for food to digest properly, or. Like I was telling you earlier about the gastrocolic reflex, really everybody's motility is different. The way things move through your colon is different. You know, some people um, uh, are very regular every day and have a certain time of day where they're going to poop. And that's just like clockwork. And there's pretty much nothing you can do to wreck that. Other people, um, they go multiple times a day. You know, people with irritable bowel syndrome. In general, the theory behind not eating too close to uh, having sex is because when you distend your stomach with food, it sends that chemical signal to your rectum to empty. That's the gastro from stomach, colic, colon, reflex, where it makes things move so that you make room for the food coming in uh, by exiting your waist. So um, a lot of people think, oh, I ate and it's just running right through me. No, that's not what's happening. Your food's not just coming through you. It's it's just a normal reflex that happens because it takes at least, you know, four to eight hours, if not more, for the, the food that you eat to actually go through. But triggering the motility of what's already there in waste form is what you don't want to do right before sex. 
Right. So there's really no reason for the gays to start fasting like 24 hours before anal. No, I mean, the only I've done that before. I'm guilty about it. Sorry. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, and like I said, I don't want people to to develop an eating disorder over um, uh, over this um, because it it happens for sure. People starve themselves because they want to bottom, and and that happens. But but when it comes to those prolonged fastings and prolonged douching sessions, that's going to be more with your fisting community rather than just than anal sex. I mean, in general, I mean, if you're lucky, um, you really only need the first, the, the first eight inches, uh, cleaned out. Um, uh, so th- there's no need to go crazy. Yeah. There's no need to like wash out your entire, like, no, yeah. Is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if you're, you know, if you're about to go film a fisting session for Twitter, um, that's a lot more complicated. I mean, oh boy. The amount of hand puppets I have seen on mm-hmm. my porn Twitter. Uh, yeah. I have been one myself. Uh, this guy got a tattoo all the way up to his bicep because he wanted to record how deep he got inside of me. Um, and I am the proud owner of that title. Um, uh, I, it's not going to happen for another long time. <laughs> actually, have seen. Uh, there's a guy in Dallas. It's not Dallas. Uh, Austin that has that same, same kind of tattoo that marks off um, centimeters up his arm all the way from his wrist up to really? his... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to meet him and be like, challenge accepted, <laughs> partner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. So those prolonged fasting uh, uh, issues, uh, not necessary. Now, it becomes more complicated when people have things like irritable bowel syndrome. Um, you're going to want to avoid your triggers that cause you to have things like diarrhea. You're going to want to not eat too close to um, your your sex state. You're also going to want to probably even use something like an emodium about an hour prior to your sex state as well, so that you can slow things down so that you don't have an accident during sex. But there's a, you know, one of the things that we forget about in our community is, hey, we have sex in our ass. And there's a lot of conditions in the colon and rectum that people have that can totally wreck that, like irritable bowel syndrome, like. Uh, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. They're they're people who have inflamed colons or inflamed rectums that can't have sex when they're when they're uh, flared, and it's like taking away their sex lives. Oh. So, yeah. So so there's a lot of people in our community that are like that, and it's one of the things that I have really advocate for privately um, is to help those people try to find a, a mechanism to get that back. Look at you, Doctor Carlson. You're doing the Lord's work by having people. You're having people like engage in more anal sex and this is the way we're going to save the world just well, take it up the ass <laughs> yeah and and again kind of going back to some of my social media stuff one of the things that i'll do is uh there are a lot of people on social media especially on my instagram who are in countries where gay sex is illegal and they can be executed for it um so i'll get a person in saudi arabia who says I've got something going on in my asshole and I, if I go to the doctor and this turns out to be an, uh, a sexually transmitted infection, I could be executed for it. Oh, fuck. So I just need some peace of mind. I need some help. And I'll say, well, send me a vanishing picture on, on Instagram. I'll take a look at what you're talking about and I can give you my opinion, at least about what I think is going on. And I'll say something like, Oh, that's just a hemorrhoid. Can you imagine the, the worry stress 
that oh takes God. off of someone's shoulders. So I do yeah. a lot of that kind of stuff behind the scenes. A lot of people from Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia, um, a lot of places that that where gay sex is punishable um, by death in some instances, and and definitely by uh, uh, beatings or imprisonment in other places. Other places. So. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of things that I have to do behind the scenes um, because those people can't outwardly follow me. They can watch my videos, but they can't like them. They can't uh, they can't follow me because if they do that, then and somebody catches on, they might get outed. So there's a there's a there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with my videos that that help people in ways that uh, I never dreamed of. Right. And you're not just using your fame and notoriety as an excuse to get random hole picks, are you? <laughs> oh, definitely not. Trust me. You've seen enough hole uh, in your lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen every size, shape, color, shade, uh, yeah. depth. <laughs> yeah, as I tell people at this point, it's like an elbow to me, you know, so don't... <laughs> it's like an elbow? <laughs> People come in for their colonoscopies and they're so embarrassed and so upset. And I'm like, hey, this is not the first asshole I've ever seen. You're okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You know, it's like an elbow to me. Oh, my God. Did you hear that joke? Um, it's about a guy going in for a prostate check. And so the doctor puts in one finger and it's like, oh, you seem okay. Patient goes, uh, doc, can you put in two fingers instead? He's like, what's wrong with one finger? Patient goes, I just want a second opinion. oh i just want Uh, more of those kinds of jokes i want medical uh, butt stuff jokes oh (laughs) they're the best ones um but yeah back to dieting uh just last thing on this so uh imodium which is really fucking expensive for those really tiny pills um uh fiber supplements uh, what are yeah, some- and like I said, like I said, I don't I don't recommend emodium for everybody. It's just for people who are having you know issues with with diarrhea and, and completely just unable to 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 get the water clear ever. You know, just people who really struggle. In general, you don't need to go that extreme. Um, and it's definitely something I don't want people to get dependent on, and it can also con- some cause create some issues for people. So only if you need it, um, do I, do I recommend using something like that? But in general, a high fiber diet with plenty of, um, uh, you know, plenty of uh, raw vegetables and, and whole grains, um, is a good way to go and try to eat it as clean as you can. Yes. So high fiber diet, mm-hmm. like, uh, celery and oatmeal and, yeah. uh, I don't know what else is high in fiber. Um, my pubes, if you, someone wants to eat them no i'm kidding that's gross uh, uh okay great i love that um i do want to raise a question when it comes to the gays and butt stuff poppers oh okay yeah yeah this is a big one this is a big one yeah yeah um uh poppers uh, so poppers what poppers are poppers are a chemical amyl nitrate that was um developed as a drug long, long, long ago to treat angina, which is basically chest pain, which is where when the uh, muscle, the uh, smooth muscle that lines the vessels of the uh, coronary arteries constricts and decreases heart flow so that you have chest pain because your heart's not getting the oxygen it requires. So uh, the these poppers were initially uh, amyl nitrate in capsules that when you inhale, it uh, it relaxes the smooth muscle and causes the vessels to to dilate okay um so um that's where the popper part of things comes from the popping of the capsule 
Now, the gays caught on to that right away in the 60s that not only is your um, are your blood vessels made of smooth muscle, but your asshole is made out of smooth muscle, too. So it helps relax things. Um, so a lot of people took advantage of that uh, situation to to relax for anal sex or to enjoy it. Also, it gives you quite a head rush because not only it, it is causing dilation of smooth muscle. So the blood vessels to your brain also dilate and you get a head rush. So a lot of people get headaches from that. Um, a lot of people also kind of drop their blood pressure a little bit and their heart races. Um, yeah, so I got paranoid when day- I first sniffed poppers. It was kind of scary. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And it, it is a chemical inhalant. So you have to keep in mind that, you know, it, it, it's not without dangers and risks. Um, uh, no doctor is ever going to tell you to use poppers. But if you do, here's some things that I want people to know. Number one, don't use them if you have coronary artery disease or high blood pressure or if you have a history of stroke or anything like that. If you have a history of really bad headaches like migraines, they can often trigger those. Um, don't mix them with Viagra or Cialis because those medications are also dilators of smooth muscle. And, um, when you add on the amyl nitrate, the poppers to that, um, it can cause a dangerous drop in blood pressure. I think at one of the leather conventions in the last couple of years, at least right around before the COVID hit, uh, there was someone who died from poppers plus Viagra. So it's one of those things where you have to be careful with it. Also, I tell people to avoid if you're going to go to a bathhouse, really avoid poppers because poppers in that heated sauna or steam room situation can really add on to the vasodilation that happens naturally with that heat. And I've had people, I've had a friend in Spain say, yeah, I got, I was in a bathhouse in Madrid last week and I saw somebody basically die of a heart attack in the sauna from sniffing poppers at 140 Jesus. degrees and, 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 uh, and, uh, you know, so you have to be it, it, there. There's a time and place for everything. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell people to use them, but but I know people are going to. Obviously, it's not a wise idea to mix them with things like other harder drugs like um, ecstasy or you know. cocaine that's going to speed up your heart rate or crystal meth. I had a I had a guy from from Malaysia actually frantically message me on Instagram one night and say, "I just did crystal meth and poppers, and I feel like my heart's going to." jump out of my chest. What do I do? And I said, not a whole lot you can do. Just don't do it. Don't do any more of it. Just sit there and ride it out. You know? Can't help you all the way from the States, bud. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just try to ride it out. Don't, don't ever do that again because it will kill you. Um, so yeah. So, pop, so that's why poppers work, but you know, complications include, um, uh, heart issues, blood pressure issues, migraine issues. There have been people who've had sudden death from it. And one of the big things that that caught a lot of attention in the United States this past year was the FDA decided to start looking at the numbers of what happens when people use poppers. They're not trying to regulate them yet. They're just trying to understand the data behind it. Because if shitloads of guys are dying from poppers, they want to know about it. Or if they're having a lot of heart attacks or complications from it, they just want to know what those complications are so that we can at least educate the public about what to do. Is there a safe way to do these poppers, like a proper dosage if we're going to be taking well, part? you know, if you're going to if you're going to do it, you know, uh, less is always more, in my opinion. You know, do what it takes, you know, I, although I don't advise using them, just don't overdo it. Don't don't do it to the point where you're just constantly sniffing them. Some people actually become popper dependent. You know, like it's almost like a drug habit. There's actually a website for a, a place in my town here in San Diego that 
that uh, treats people for pop uh, people for popper addiction. So you can get addicted I, to poppers. I guess people do. Not it's not very common, but people do. Oh wow! I've never been addicted to anything except dick. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So, so really, with poppers, it's more about um, not doing damage. It is an inhalant. It's like sniffing glue or something like that. You can kind of kill your brain cells too. Um, uh, vision changes are important to notice. There is a certain, a couple of certain brands of poppers that can um, cause a, uh, and they've mostly been taken off the market, but that can cause visual uh, changes. So you have to be you have to be careful with vision, with your blood pressure and and heart heart stuff, and again, don't mix them with uh, with blood pressure medications or Viagra or Cialis or those um, ED type meds. Perfect. Okay, so don't mix poppers mm-hmm. with meds. Don't use them in hot areas such as a bathhouse, sauna, or mm-hmm. steam room, mm-hmm. and just take it really really slow in small doses. Yeah, take yeah you know, yeah. You know, if you're, you're going to use them anyway, you know, don't overdo it. Okay, sounds good. Um, what's your take on using numbing creams for anal sex? I'm a big um, no on numbing creams. And the reason is that numbing creams um, decrease your ability to have any sensation. So you don't know if you're getting hurt. And like I mentioned before, with fissures and tears, um, they can take months to heal. And you need to be able to feel what's going wrong with your body. So if something's painful, you need to, you need to, change something up so that you don't do damage. That's a warning sign for your body that something's going wrong. So just, so I, I'm not a fan of numbing creams, although some people, a lot of people use them. I'm not a fan of them because of their risk for causing, um, or for, for not, you not being able to detect any damage that's going on. It's like when I tell people who fist, don't fist while you're, um, high on crystal meth or on any other drugs, because if you can't sense that something's going wrong, you're in a high risk situation where you get really hurt. So you need to be able to be aware uh, and be in control of what's happening to your body. Right. Oh, on the topic of fisting, like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, I mean, I've, I feel like a hypocrite for asking this, but like, is it safe? Like, you know, what's the risk of having so much space in there being taken up by an arm? Right. Well, the, the anus can can dilate pretty big and take a lot of things in there. Um, you just have to, like I said, be very, very careful and very cautious and very slow. And fisting is not something where you just jam a fist in there. It's it's a process. Um, and there are even experienced fisters who tell you, hey, listen, you don't have to get even a whole hand in there. Um, it's not a competition. It's not a race. Um, in the long run, I, I d- actually did an international fisting survey where I talked to people from around the world who participated in fisting for um, in the last 20 years of their lives, um, most people said they didn't have any issues with long-term in, um, incontinence. There were a few people who said, yeah, actually, um, I, I did have a few issues here and there that, that created um, you know, problems for me. So I, um, you know, it, it, it really, it depends on if you're, number one, if you're ever injured, if you've ever torn the lining of the anus. A lot of times that anus, though, it snaps right back after a couple of hours okay. after you've had oh, a, a session, like, session like that. So <laughs> so it, it all depends on how long you do it and the width of the object that you have in there and making sure that you don't get hurt. Um, uh, trust me, I, ha- I have guys who I do colonoscopies on who, fi- who are big fisters who take it really deep. And I can't tell when I do the rectal examination that they're fisters. Really? They're, so, they're fisties. Yeah. So uh, I have no idea. You know, so it's kind of like I would never be able to tell, oh, this guy's a fister. 
Oh, this guy's a bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually have a, I have a funny TikTok. Ooh. Where, uh, where I, uh, a guy asked me, Hey, um, is there any way when I go to the, have my colonoscopy that the doctor knows I'm a bottom? And I said, the only way your doctor knows you, you can know that you're a bottom is if you have a tramp stamp. <laughs> I thought but that's you, obvious. I thought that you can tell by like the number of rings on their anus, like a tree and yeah, their age. Yeah. No, <laughs> but but if you have a tram stamp, your de- your doctor will definitely know that you're a bottom. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I should probably not show you my stamp that says rear entry only. Um, <laughs> deliveries at the back. Um, <laughs> I did have someone. I, I did. I did do a TikTok one day where I had a um, a guy come in with a uh, exit only on, on the right, right above his asshole. So I just I, I put on I put on the TikTok at the top. It said patient came in for a colonoscopy today and they had a tattoo on their ass that said exit only. And I just was like, not today, not today. <laughs> We're going to be doing some deep diving. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, it must be so entertaining being the GI doc that you are. Like oh, you, have to, to hear. you have to have a certain sense of humor to do what I do. So absolutely. I feel like it because like, you know, people are showing the one of the most vulnerable parts of themselves, like on in front of a complete stranger. But like, you know, you're no Mm -hmm. longer a stranger. You're like the internet's daddy. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that whole thing has been a really strange phenomenon for me. You know, um, uh, I was, nobody knew who I was until the whole TikTok thing happened. And I didn't take a vacation or go anywhere until about 18 months in, I went to Provincetown Bear Week, get off the boat. And as soon as I get off the boat and I'm walking down the street, Every five minutes, every, you know, oh, my God, you're that doctor from TikTok. Oh, my God. Can we do an Instagram picture? Oh, my God. Can we? Can wow. We take- so it was like, I was like, whoa, what is this? And my husband's like, what's going on here? And I'm like, I guess I guess this is my crowd. The funniest <laughs> part, though, was um, at there's a, a, a beach in, in Provincetown called Heron Cove. And there's a, a set of dunes where the boys go up into the dunes to play. And I just needed to go pee. I, I promise. Um, I was going up to, <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to, sure. to cross the dune to go pee. And just as I'm like going up, these two guys are humping in the, in the dunes and they just, I hear a gasp. <gasps> oh my God, you're that doctor from TikTok. We love your videos. And mid this is like intercourse? mid, mid thrust. <laughs> and I just was like, holy shit. So I just, I, I was like, Car- carry on boys, carry on. Use, <laughs> use my tips. You'll be fine. <laughs> assume the position <laughs> oh my god that's so funny people just are so comfortable having gay butt sex right in front of you i'm telling you there's a it, uh, the gays are just a different breed uh about to play on words breed um yeah see what you did there yeah <laughs> absolutely um okay i do have a friend um his name is jim um he has his own podcast called sex ed with jim and um, he, I am asking for a friend. Wink, <laughs> wink. Um, he is currently recording his podcast with a little anal situation down there. Okay. Um, he's he, so Jim uh, took two dicks in one day, 
And during the second dick, it was like a five-hour session and came home to see some blood down there. Um, what Definitely. happened? What happened to Jim, Dr. Carlton? Well, well uh, there's there's three things that are common with bleeding. Number one is a fissure or tear, which is very common down there when you have uh, uh, anal entry. Um, so um, uh depending on the width of what was taken and how fast it went in and how, and how good your lube was. Um, there could be a little bit of a tear. Is there any pain for Jim? Does Jim have any pain? Uh, Jim is no longer feeling pain. There was initial mm-hmm. pain, first of all, so he couldn't even mm-hmm. use a bidet. Oh, wow. So there could have been a tear. Um, so pain, pain, like when you feel like you're pooping razor blades, that's what a fissure feels like. Um, but also there could be, if there's a lot of stimulation for hours and hours and hours and hours and, uh, and, and there's a tendency for hemorrhoids, it could be a hemorrhoid. Um, the other thing that could happen depending on if protection was used or not, and it's usually not what just happened, but what's happened in the previous weeks is, um, uh, sometimes STIs can happen in the rectum that lead to bleeding and discomfort. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So, so, and that's one of the big things that's, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, one of the big things that I always tell people uh, when it comes to gay sex is you have to get checked where you play. Um, a lot of doctors are ignorant to that. Um, they, you go in for STI testing and they check your blood and they give you a urine cup to pee in. Honey, that's not enough for us. If you stick it in your throat, if you suck a dick, you need to get your throat swabbed. If you take it up the ass, especially without a condom, you need your ass swabbed for gonorrhea and chlamydia. I've seen people come in my office for rectal bleeding and rectal pain who uh, didn't use condoms and they thought, oh, maybe I must have a polyp or cancer or something's going on back there. Or maybe it's just a hemorrhoid. It ended up they just had gonorrhea or chlamydia. As soon as I gave them antibiotics, it all went away. So when it comes to your STI testing, always check where you play. So if you suck dick, get your throat swabbed. If you use your dick, do a uh, do, do the pee, pee, pee test or your or your urethral swab, depending on uh, how you know where you are. And then rectal swabs are important for people who are bottoms or are versatile. Okay, so um, I Jim went to the doctor and he did test positive for syphilis. Okay, uh, and very common. Yeah, and got two penicillin shots in his bum. Uh, so. That's why Jim is sitting on pillows right now. Uh, I heard. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so exactly. So, um, uh, uh, again, uh, prep is a huge, huge part of our, our gay men's health. I think we need to all be on it to, if we're, if we're going to be having sex, uh, to prevent HIV. Um, uh, that being said, PrEP only prevents HIV. It doesn't really prevent anything else. It's not so, a magical shield from all yeah, the STIs. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to see more you know, syphilis and gonorrhea and chlamydia because a lot of people aren't using condoms. Um, and that's a personal decision and a personal choice. And I don't slam anybody for that. I just say, hey, listen, if that's what you're going to do, make sure you're getting checked at least every three months. Um, because syphilis, if not treated immediately, like in Jim's case, which is great, great, great on Jim, um, it can have long-term neurological um, uh, effects that, uh, that that are not good. So, you know, gonorrhea and chlamydia usually clear right up with antibiotics. Um, uh, your uh, uh, syphilis uh, uh, cases are uh, usually injectable um, uh, forms of penicillin. Herpes, that's more of a long-term problem. HPV, 
preventable now with the HPV vaccine. So um, HPV vaccine has been uh, approved for people up to age 45. Uh, so I'm a huge proponent of HPV vaccine. If you've never had HPV and you haven't had your vaccine and you're having sex at all, I say get your HPV vaccine because it prevents anal cancer, throat cancer, um, cervical cancer if you have a cervix. So the HPV vaccine is a very important aspect of our um, our preventive health care. Trust me, there's there's a lot of guys who come into my office with anal warts and anal oh. HPV issues um, that wish they had gotten that vaccine. Right. Oh, how long do those like wounds usually take to heal? Like whether it be an anal fissure, a hemorrhoid flare up. It, you know, it, it all depends on how bad they are. Um, what, what else is happening? You know, when you're having a lot of pain back there, especially with pooping, um, and your anal rectum, you're going to, you're going to want your, your poops to be as soft as possible. So you're not causing any more damage as things go out. So stool softeners, are very key staying hydrated um, and using More whatever fiber? treatments. Yeah. And whatever pot, whatever treatments are, um, are recommended by the doctor, be it creams or antibiotics. And in, in the case of infections, um, that's really key. Um, if there's, it's a really super deep anal fissure, it may take a long time to heal. If it's just a very minor cut, it might only take a week or two. Okay. Perfect. I will mm -hmm. tell my friend that, um, mm -hmm. uh, because, Okay, confession. Did you know that Jim I'm referring to myself? Yeah. I know. Really? I know. <laughs> I just I, I felt I need to come out of the closet, Dr. Carlton. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I love that you I, I love the um the fact that you uh are so open and honest about that because uh a lot of people put a lot of shame in STIs and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just something you gotta handle. No, yeah, there exactly. should be no, yeah, there should be no shame in SDI testing or embarrassment. Hey, this is a part of being healthy and staying well and promoting health for other people that you have sex with in the future. That's what well. I think too, because it's like, um, I don't know, like a scrape on your knee, like it, that's going to be something I'm going to take a risk if I go out running and trip. So same thing mm -hmm. with STIs. If I'm going to go take it up the ass like a champ, I'm probably going to get an STI because you know whatever reason. Um, sure. You know, one time like. I was the only one in the threesome that got gonorrhea. What the hell happened there? I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Nobody else got gonorrhea in the threesome except me? Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, it was frustrating. And I had to tell them, yeah. like, yeah, because it was uh, two husbands. And then they're like, yeah, no, we both tested negative. I'm like, what the fuck? Someone put gonorrhea inside my ass and I got to find out who. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Well, I'm telling, and I'm telling you, that's one of the things behind the scenes. I get a lot of questions about sometimes too, is like, Oh, my boyfriend, uh, and I live in separate towns and, uh, we pledged to have sex with just each other. And the other day I was burning when I went to go to the bathroom. So I went to the doctor and they checked me and I had chlamydia and I'm like, he's like, Oh, how did I get chlamydia? And I have to say, uh, I have to be the one to tell you this, but <laughs> the drama that must have ensued. There's a lot of drama. And like, dude, I didn't sign up for that. Oh my god! Here, easy, easy solution. Just open up your fucking relationship. No, I mean, <laughs> honestly, be a slut. Honestly, it, <sighs> yeah, uh, life is too short. Yeah, and and when it comes to that aspect of things, communication is everything. I think you know some some people aren't built for it, um, but but for those that are, it's a lot easier to have an open relationship to lie than to lie and to conceal and to 
destroy the foundation of your relationship over sex. Oh, God, right? Communication. That's probably yeah. like the takeaway from this episode. Like communicate what to avoid emotional pain and anal sex pain, right? Right. Let them exactly. know. <laughs> but um, wow, Dr. Carlson, you're so full of knowledge. You're so full of wisdom and all the anal sex stuff. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, I was about to say coming on my face, but thankfully I said show. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're awesome. That's that's a that's a distant shot there. I haven't. That, I'm not 18 anymore. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well with the proper kegel exercises and the proper <laughs> diet like you said we'll get you there <laughs> absolutely um so uh dr carlson like uh you're so cool and i can't get enough of you people can't get enough of you either uh do you have like anything to say like make like a butt and plug away anything that you want the audience to find absolutely so uh my instagram's and, and TikTok have the same handle at Dr. Carlton spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-C-A-R-L-T-O-N. Uh, Instagram, I have to walk kind of a fine line because of their rules. And I've, I've actually faced some situations lately where I've had videos taken down for the stupidest reasons for sexual activity when uh, there's 19-year-olds running around in G-Street shaking their tits, and that's fine. But if I talk about lube, good Lord, the world is ending. Um, so, uh, TikTok and Instagram at Dr. Carlton. My Twitter is at Dr. Underscore Carlton because Dr. Carlton was already taken. Um, now my, my more, um, you know, fisting kind of like deeper, like completely Ooh. uncensored stuff is going to be on there because, uh, it's an uncensored platform compared to Instagram and, and TikTok. Um, drcarlton.net is something that's going to come soon. It's uh, in the works. Um, I have, uh, relationships with scruff app i uh, do the sexual health uh, um, education for scruff app on their uh instagram page and on their tiktoks um i also am a partner with gun oil lubricant right now um so water-based silicone-based hybrids uh stroke 29 jerk off cream uh if you go to gunoil.com you can get a 30 percent off a discount with the offer code um, doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R at gunoil.com. Great lube. I've been using it for 15 years. So the fact that uh, they chose me to do an ambassadorship with them, just is, it just rocks my world because that's what I use. So um, those are the places you can find me. Um, hopefully I'll have my own big show one day. My goal is to be the gay Dr. Oz or gay Dr. Ruth <laughs> one of these days. Um, I'm just waiting for the right person to notice me. <laughs> well, you know what, Dr. Carlson, I think you're already the, doc the gay Dr. Oz, the wonderful wizard <laughs> himself. I think you're already the gay Dr. Phil, the gay anything. You are truly a gem and just like, so wonderful. And uh, Richard the Giant Penis, my co-host, do you have anything to say? No? All right. <laughs> so he's just hanging out there. <laughs> uh, all right. So thank you so much, everyone, for making it this far into the show. And uh, don't forget to leave a review and support Patreon. And whatever you do, just go slow, communicate, lubricate, and relax. And 
with that, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast, and I will see you at the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at SexEdWithTim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah! Thank you.